You know, that's, a, that's an interesting theme. And when we talk about cheer up and smiling and, and, and being happy, and, and it could be kind of a trite theme if one is not careful. But I want to I just really get you to center in on that with me for a few moments this morning. And um, it's very consistent with what we call our transformational values here at Renaissance, some of our, the values that we value. Let me, let me show you from our, from our little um, uh, tra- brochure, or you can see it on the website, one of the things that we value, and we, we put it in writing, energizing fun. We believe that life with God produces joy. Thus, we are committed to having fun together. I like that. I, was, uh, I could have written that. I didn't, but I could have written that. And that's kind of, not exactly, but that's kind of along the theme of what I'm talking about this morning. And this is some, this is some, this is some huge stuff. And I want to tell you, you, you probably don't realize how huge this is unless... And some of you have experienced this. I, out of my life, um, this, this is a theme that has been being formed for a number of years since I was a little guy going to uh, church in, in, in the rural part of Ohio where I, I don't know the facts, but I swear there must have been some sort of a thing that people had to go or they were going to be executed or something because they're just, nobody smiled Nobody seemed glad to be there, and it was kind of like, as a young man, very obviously impressionable. I'm thinking, gosh, this really isn't a very fun place to be. Um, and of course, obviously, there could be a lot of other things going on, and I'm not suggesting by that that we come to church and everybody has to put on a happy face and everybody has to be this way or that way, but I'm talking about something that's much deeper than that. And I want to go, I want to get into that. Before I do that, what I'm going to do is, I've got. Um, I got some things, just some thoughts to kind of get you thinking about this. You know, it's a dark, it's a dark world many times in which we live, and, and, and it needs a lot of light. Um, one of the quotes I have for you here, a smile is like a light. It will light up a room as well as the world. About the time that I, was, uh, that I had written this the first time, and for those of you who, who don't know me, I, I can't give the same talk twice the same way. But uh, when I first wrote this uh, to give way back uh, over a year ago, um, as I recall, it hadn't been long since I had seen the Broadway play, which is now gone, which is one of my top three favorites, top two favorites probably, which is uh, Man of La Mancha. And, uh, you know, I know some of you get tired of hearing me talk about Don Quixote, but um, I just never forget the line that he gave when Dulcinea says, why, 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 what's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? Why, why are you doing this? Why? Why do you want to be a knight? You know, and he said, to bring a little more grace to the world. I just love that line. And I think it's a line that if you truly live to and live up to, um, some people might think you're twisted as well, as they did Don Quixote. Um, and, and that can be reflected by a smile. That there's nothing more powerful. Um, and, and there's a, another thought that I had. In a world of hurt and brokenness, a smile is like the sun shining through dark light. Have you ever felt that? I just wanted to get you to think about that. You, where you just, you know, all of a sudden somebody smiles at you and things change. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing what that can do for you. Um, our friends are here from Colorado that I haven't seen in five years. And they, along with us and some others, went on a trip through Israel and, and as well as through uh, um, ancient, uh, well, what is now Turkey, one of Paul's missionary journeys. And I'm, I remember, because I like kind of going by myself sometimes, trying to find some stuff, walking through some little town uh, that was near Pergamon, 
by myself, lost, looking for this ancient uh, site of one of the one of the churches of Revelation. And I was lost, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't speak Turkish, and, and I didn't speak anything that they spoke. But I remember people coming out of their little houses looking at me in, in my polo stuff, and I was like, <laughs> I'm in not a good place. And um, I just said, hi. <laughs> and you know what? They start smiling. It's amazing how that works. I learned something there. You, you smile, even it, it transcends uh, any language barrier. It's amazing how that works. Nothing is more powerful. Nothing will open more doors. Nothing will give you the ability to lead better. Um, in a world of hurt and brokenness, a smile is indeed like, like the sun shining through in dark clouds and so forth. Um, and I want to make a couple of clarifications on this. For our purposes, and I want you to see this, uh, I'll be using smile and happiness almost interchangeably. Uh, there's a difference. A smile is an external manifestation of an inner condition. And I want you to know I'm operating from that premise. It's not just, oh, smile, and the world smiles with you, and everything's... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something far deeper, and that it has to come from within. And, and, and it's not a personality type. And I want you to see that, too. It's not a personality type or some elusive characteristic that we're trying to emulate here. All right? Um, it's an inner condition with an external consequence that is genuine and authentic. Okay, and that's, that's where it begins. Um, a quote for you from a, from a former New York senator, uh, Goodman. Remember that happiness is a way of travel. It's not a destination. And it is. So as we talk about smiling more and happiness and joy, interchangeably, I know there are different definitions. For our purposes, we're using them all together here this morning. All right? So I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you ten reasons why it's important to smile and be happy. I'm going to give you ten reasons why. Now, the first few are going to be a little light here, so just, just hang in here with me. But the first one, I, I like this first one. Only supermodels can get away with looking mad, unhappy, and not smiling. You ever notice that? You ever notice that in magazines or even, even on television sometimes? Are these beautiful people, I mean, gorgeous men and women. And they just look like they're really ticked off all the time. And I'm thinking, when did it become vogue for supermodels to look like they're mad at the world? I don't get that. But here's the key to this, all right? Only supermodels can get away with looking mad and unhappy and not smiling. And and, and you need to hear this from somebody that loves you. Most of us in here aren't supermodels, okay? Just want to, you know, some of you might be close, but but most of us here aren't. Number, Number nine. How about this one? It's a pretty nasty bunch that's attracted unhappiness and misery. It's another reason you want to smile and be happy. Because of the kind of people you're going to attract when, you're, when, you're, when you look like you're mad at the world. There's, a, there's another, there's no, I'm going to go through these real quick. Number eight. Frown and look unhappy are never mentioned in any success formula in any book. If you read any, any book about any of that kind of stuff. You know what I need here this morning? I'm going to say your name. I need Lori Chase here this morning. Now, most of you don't need Lori. Don't, most, those of you who don't know Lori Chase, she's one of, our, one of our aspiring stand-up comics who's now on the West Coast. And whenever she's here, she laughs at everything I say. And it makes everybody else laugh at everything that I say. And so I don't have Lori here this morning. She's going to hear this by way of CD. And Lori, we miss you, darling, so hurry back. But uh, anyway, uh, this is obviously... Not going to happen. Frown and, frown, and unha- frown and look unhappy is not. Here's a Chinese proverb for you. I like this. 
A man without a smiling face must not open shop. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, think about that. You ever gone to a business place? I mean, I know this is New Jersey. It's a little different here. I realize that. I've, I've adjusted. It's a little different. But in most parts of the world, people smile. Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. You know? And, you know, one of the great, one of the things I've come to appreciate about New Jersey is the diners. And I especially like the diners and the ladies and, and the men who work in those diners because it's kind of like they throw your water in front of you and say, what the, you know, do you want? You know? And it's kind of like, okay. You can say, I'm not going to come back here, but then where are you going to go? There's no place else to go. But anyway, um, number seven, smiling makes you stand out. Sorry, I added, I added that, especially here. You know, I walk a lot. And, um, I mean, if we're in the city, one of the great rubs that Charlene and I have is if it's, if it's 10 blocks or 12 blocks, let's walk. I don't get a taxi. I don't get a Let's just walk. And Charlene's like, oh, man, I haven't got the right shoes. And I'm like, why would you come to New York with shoes? I mean, we have this conversation every time we go in the city. Every time. And anyway, it's just so fun, though, when you're walking. We're, we're working through that, just for the record. I'm not, I'm, you know, and she's doing really good, and I'm doing better. And I'm saying, okay, if it's eight blocks, we'll take a taxi. But anyway, one of the things I enjoy doing when I'm doing that, especially I do this with myself more than when, when Charlene's with me because she doesn't always appreciate it. But... Um, is when I, I love walking, I love making eye contact with people, and I love smiling. And it's just so fun to watch that. And, so fun, and I walk, even, even here in, in, uh, in Short Hills, Milburn, a lot, I walk, I usually walk five miles a day. Sometimes I walk that twice. I got a loop, and it goes right through downtown Milburn. And I always see people, and they're always coming at you, and they're just like, and if you just say, hi, it's just amazing the response you get. It's just, it's kind of like a social experiment that I've been doing. And it's just, it's phenomenal, you know. And it's, it's so true. I mean, it, it's a very unusual thing. I'm not wanting you to stand out just for the sake of standing out. I want you to stand out for another reason, which, which I'm going to show you in just a moment. So it makes you stand out. Number six, it's a simple way to make a positive impression. I mean, that's obviously goes back to business and so forth. Number five. Uh, people are attracted to you. In other words, they don't run at the sight of you if you smile a little bit. Okay? Um, number four. I got this one from a magazine. It's a simple way to improve your looks. I picked up this magazine that how to look better instantly. And those of you who know me, I'm a sucker for that stuff. And if, I, if I'm in, you know, shop wrong or someplace like that where, where they, you know, you're in the, way that, in the, in the checkout counter there, we have one right across from the office, and sometimes if you go at the wrong time, you know, you're in there for, you know, it seems like most of your, you know, most of your day. And, um, and you see those magazines and the suckers, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't, some of them I don't really care about, you know, but the ones that say how to look better instantly. I'm at that age where I'm like, let me take a look at that, how to look better instantly. And I promise you, I kid you not, I picked up one of them and it was like, suck in your gut and have good posture. I'm like, oh boy, okay. I picked up, and then the other one was smile more. Makes you look better. Not bad advice, I suppose. So, and those are those are six. Those are, we go through all those right there, right? all the way through four. Now, let's get down to where it really hits some of us. All right, number three. We or you who are Christ followers have so much to smile about. This is really where it hits us. This is really what I want to talk about. We who are Christ followers have so much to smile about. What do we have to smile about? Let me show you some things we have to smile about. Paul wrote this in the book of Romans. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us, loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or are cold or in danger of, or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't, the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow. I would add to this in my life right now, concerns about inspections at the opera house. And even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everything else is conditional. Think about that. Every way we live, everything's conditional. Except God's love. We have death. We have estrangement. We have people who change. We have situations that change. We have catastrophes. We have 9-11. We have all kinds of things that can change life as we know it. Here's one thing that will never change. Period. And that's God's love for me. Wow. I can get pretty excited about that. I can smile about that. I can say, wow, you can take it all away, but the thing that matters the most, you can't touch. Sometimes you have to live that to really understand that, too. We who are Christ followers have so much to smile about. One of the great preachers of England in the 1800s was Charles Spurgeon. Look what he said. A child of God should be a visible beatitude for joy and happiness and a doxology for gratitude and adoration. So many times we're not, are we? So many times we're the exact antithesis of that. Why is it important to smile and be happy or to have joy? Because we who are Christ followers have so much to be thankful for and to be happy about. We need to dwell on that more. We need to let that affect the outward countenance and how we deal with people more. We need to think about that. You know, and, and I'll tell you, when you think about some of the things you deal with on a daily basis, and of course, some of us, not just me, but some of us in the, in the church, we've been dealing with the, the opera house thing, and what a great privilege we have to have that space and, and renovate it. But sometimes it gets to you, you know, think, oh, I got, you know, because you care about people, you care about weddings, and you care about some of the things you got to do. And, and sometimes you let that affect you the wrong way. Instead of thinking, what a great privilege and what a great thanks. You know, how thankful I should be to even be able to, to be a part of all this. Um, you kind of let that beat you up a little bit. And it's, it's, it's maybe that it, it's different things with you marriages and kids and parents and jobs and just the things of life. Well, think back on what it means to know God and to know His love for you. Nothing can change that. Nothing. People can't change that, terrorists can't change that. Nothing can change that. We have that great assurance. I, tell you, I can get pretty fired up about that. I can get a pretty big smile on my face about that. Second, number two, as we count down here to number one, reason we can smile and be happy. It's positive PR for what makes you tick. For what makes you tick. Now, you can't see that very well. We know we got bad lighting in here and all that. All that's going to be solved here within a week or two. So just do the best you can. Um, it's positive PR for what makes you tick. Uh, Pascal said this, Everyone without exception 
is searching for happiness. And I can only say to that, here, here. That's so true. Um, so here, here's, I want you to think along this way with me. If you are one of those people, and if you're here and, and you have, are a follower of Christ, you've committed to your life, your life to rest, or you may not be, maybe you're just sort of seeking and you're kind of trying to figure all that out. That's okay. Just kind of track with me on this point for a moment. Because those of us who do know Christ, those of us who have committed our lives to Christ, here's, what, here's a way that can outwardly manifest what makes us tick. And I want to show you, again, some of Paul's writing in the New Testament. It comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Great couple of passages in the Bible. Look what he says. In everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing. Right there. We could stop right there, couldn't we? And we could say, okay. You know, put that on your refrigerator, you know? Um, and you say, well, if we did that, we wouldn't have anything to talk about in my house. Well, I'll, okay, deal with that. Um, do everything readily and cheerfully, another translation says. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Wow, that's good stuff. It's in the Bible? That's in the Bible. It's right there. So that no one, now watch this, so that no one can speak a word of blame against you. You are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. You say, well, you got that right. Uh, Let your lives shine brightly before them. Here it is again, another translation. Go out into the world uncorrupted. I love this part. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. He's writing that in 66, 67 A.D. It could have been written in 2004. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Those of us who have a relationship with Christ may be the only Bible some people ever read. I've said that for many, many years. I read that many years ago by A.W. Tozer, and I'll tell you, it's such a true thing. It's been true. Sometimes I've been delighted to know that about my own life. Sometimes I've been disappointed and myself because of that. So there you go, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. You know, this, this thing of, of smile, this thing of a countenance is to reflect what's on the inside. And the answer is not, well, okay, I better smile more. And if you leave here, you miss the whole message, you miss the whole message of this talk. If you say, well, that just me, Rich said we've we got to smile more. No, Rich said you need to deal with whatever's keeping you from doing that more, which comes from here in the heart. In the head. Um, Proverbs puts it this way. Let me show you Proverbs 15, 15. For the poor, every day brings trouble. <laughs> Watch this. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Isn't that a great thought? For the, ha- for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Life is just a continual party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you deal with disappointment? Sure. Do you have problems? Sure. But it's always the spin that, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of spin here in these next five days. A lot of spin. Depending on which side you're on, it's going to be good spin, and in some cases it's going to be bad spin. You know, we're going to look at certain things, well, they're going to spin it this way, and they're going to spin it that way. Well, aside from that, from our perspective, those of us who, who've come to know Christ, those of us who are, are followers of Christ, you know, our, the happy heart, life should be a continual feast. And we can... You know, we can talk about different things and different issues and different disappointments and different things in our life that we wish were better, but the whole thing is we still approach life with this 
this, what I call, a continue, or what, what the writer of Proverbs here calls a continual feast kind of an attitude. All right? So, one of the reasons why it's important to smile and be happy is if you, know, if you know who God is, if you have a relationship with Christ, you have a lot to smile about, number, number one. Number two, it's positive PR for who you are, what makes you tick. Third thing, or the number one thing as we count down these ten things, and this is what I've been saying all along, it reflects, I don't know if you can see it or not, but it reflects an inner condition. It reflects an inner condition. Um, we're talking about we're not, excuse me, we're not talking about some contrived pseudo-facade. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about come to church or go to this place or go to that place and, and paint on a smile. That's just crap. We don't need that. You know, I get so sick of that. I, I would much rather, you know, you ever think about this? Some people find, I want to be careful with what I say here, and I don't want to, well, I don't really care. But I, 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 anyway, let's just be honest. Um, some people find more camaraderie in a, in a bar than they do in a church. And the reason is is because of the authenticity that they can have there. And they can come and they can say, well, you know, man, my wife is so mad at me and my kids hate me and my dog runs at the sight of me and, and, and the whole deal, you know, and, and they can still be authentic. Well... In, in one sense, the church desperately needs that. At the same time, we need to offer a solution that's not just in a bottle. You know? And the solution would be a heart change. In some cases, it might be a radical change, a first-time change. In some cases, it just may be a refocus of that heart upon who God is and His love and His grace in my life. Because what's happening outward is representative of what's going on inside. And I thought Steve handled that so well when he talked about that up here. You know, you can, you can give them the drink and you can say you can watch football and you can do this. And, 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 and okay, that's not going to help. And, and it may not. Because those are all those are great things to do. And I don't want to criticize anybody that tries to cheer somebody else up. But the problem is that it comes right back to the heart. It reflects an inner condition. Um, Browning, the poet and writer, put this. Make us happy and you make us good. Proverbs, let's go back to Proverbs, another proverb, chapter 15. Solomon wrote this. A cheerful heart, here it is, says it all. A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. A sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. It's just work, isn't it? Just hard work to get through the day when you have that. I want to take you another passage in the Bible from the book of Galatians in the New Testament talking about the person who gives his life to Christ. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, watch this, he, not you, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, there you go, and then peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and so forth. Joy. God puts that there. And you say, okay, Rich, I see what you're saying, but I haven't had too much joy. You know, don't paste on the smile, but go to God. And for some, that might mean an initial thing of saying, Lord, I want to I give I'll, right here, right now. I want to, whatever you happen to be saying that or, 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 or praying that or whatever. Right here, right now, I want to give my heart to you, Christ, because you're my only hope. And I want to experience that unconditional. And that may be a first-time thing for you. For some of us, it might be, 
another time of coming to Christ and saying, Lord, just coming and I've done this, oh, at least about a thousand times this week. God, help me to refocus. Help me not to think about stinking mortar and inspections and carpet and non-carpet and all the other stuff you get out. Help me to focus on you. Sometimes you got to do that a lot. Sometimes more than others. That's okay. That's okay. That's part of the deal. But the key is you do that. You keep going back and saying, God, here I am again. I am woefully, woefully pathetic. And I need some help. And I'm focused on all the wrong things instead of you. And you know, sometimes that's a process. It doesn't happen instantly. That often is a process. But that's where it happens. Let me show you one last thought from a writer. False happiness renders men stern and proud. And that happiness is never communicated. True happiness renders kind and sensible. And that happiness is always shared. That's what comes from God. That's what comes from Christ. That's what comes from a relationship with Christ as we come to him. Let's pray together. Lord, these are, these are just some great, great things to think on, to dwell on, to, to pray about. And Lord, I just uh, I thank you for each person here this morning. And uh, Lord, we, uh, we just focus on these thoughts for a moment. And for some of us, we're like, yeah, that's what I need, but I don't have. And it may be because there are some here who've been seeking you but just haven't come to you. Maybe for that person, Lord, it's a matter of saying, Lord, here I am, right here, right now. I want to give my heart and life to you. For others of us, Lord, as I have experienced this week, it's a matter of just saying, Lord, here I am again in need of a refocus. Help me to center in on your love and your grace in my life and not get hung up on all this other stuff can take me here and take me there that I don't need to be. Whatever our situation, Lord God, I pray that we would come to you with that and deal with you accordingly to that. So we thank you for that. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for each person here, um, Lord, and I pray for those who aren't here. Bless them, protect them. A lot of folks on vacation. Lord, we pray you'll protect them and take care of them wherever they might be and just bless them. And we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.